Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Raising Saints, an AM820 production designed for parents who desire to raise the saints in their life. And now, Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt. Hello and welcome to Raising Saints, the show for Catholic parents. I'm your host, Katie Wyatt, and you're listening to AM820 St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. Today's program is about how to talk to your teenager And we've invited four young women who have actually all just told me that they have really good communication with their parents. So that's a good thing, right? Parents, you get some tips from kids who have had success communicating with their parents. So I'd like to welcome Paige. Welcome, Paige. Thanks for being here. Hi. And Cara. Hello, Cara. Hello. And Mia. Uh Uh-oh, Mia's not on the mic. Go, Mia. Hi. (laughs) And Megan. Hi, Megan. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Um, I have a list of communication do's and communication don'ts, and I wanted to run these by you and see if you agree that um, they're in the right category, right? So, and feel free to tell me I'm wrong. I don't mind that at all. So, first one, be for parents, be a good listener. Um, I don't think you're going to disagree that that's a good thing, right? But the question I have related to that is what what does that mean? Like, what are some things that make parents good listeners? Don't be judgmental. Okay, so just listen. Like, if I'm talking to you, I don't want to hear your opinion on what I'm saying. Until after I finish. Okay. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, Paige, you're the approach like, here, I'm going to tell you everything. And then then I want your input. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What about you, Kara? nod so i know you're actually like listening okay yeah and (laughs) what uh what about like uh don't be on your cell phone when i'm trying to talk to you yes definitely (laughs) is that a thing oh that's i oh that's kind of sad that you said that because i thought that's just assumed like when someone's talking like you just don't play on a phone or something but i mean it is sad that like we have to say that nowadays it is assumed i think except i think like when you're doing it, you don't know you're, you don't really realize you realize you're doing it, maybe. Because, yeah. okay, if I'm texting someone and I know it's super important and I need to get it done, but you're trying to talk to me, you don't know that what I'm texting is super important and easy. All you see is me just like half paying attention to you while you're trying to talk to me. I think that's something that lots and lots of, I'm guilty of it sometimes, you know, like we forget that the person observing us doesn't have any idea exactly what we're doing and you know in that moment you might just say okay hang on one i totally want to hear what you're going to say let me send this text and then you have my full attention right Mm -hmm. and sometimes like i'll tell them like i'm still listening but i just need to send this like quick text right here yeah Uh, is that okay with you though like i still feel like no put your phone away i'm talking to you like i don't do it for long periods of time but my friend she'll send like five texts answer 10 snapchats and like while you're talking to her yeah and then text in like a group chat see and that's probably more common among your peers than it is true your parents right i hope yeah Mm -hmm. okay here's true or false statement if your kid is willing to share something no matter what it is no matter what your kid wants to share with you Accept that moment as a prayer, precious and maybe rare moment, you know, depending on like if you have a kid who doesn't communicate with you, but they have something to share with you, like accept that as a precious and rare moment, like unless the house is on fire, stop, listen, non-judgmentally, listen twice as much as you speak, 
So I guess the question is, doesn't matter what they're sharing. Unless someone's like hurt. Yeah. Or like it's urgent. Don't be judgmental and just listen. But if like someone got hurt or someone is currently like hurting, um, I'd act and like put your input. Yeah. Or give your input. What if your kid has just told you something so morally offensive and scandalous? Like, like you're in this position like, wait, my kid never speaks to me, but now my kid is telling me something that I totally don't want to hear. I don't know. That's probably not a question to ask you guys because you're not parents, but... Maybe they're asking for your help. <laughs> I don't know. Say that again, Mia. Maybe they're asking for like your help or something. More than likely, right? Or just trying to shock you. <laughs> yeah so like um like interrupt interrupting with like while they're on their phone or something like that like if it's something important and I just want to like share how my day was you know like I have patience like I can wait if it's something important but like if it's like something like emotional that your child is struggling with you know like that deserves a lot of attention, yeah. I feel like. Well, yeah. And also, I feel like you cannot take it lightheartedly. You can't say, oh, okay. Like, you try to, like, give them, like, what they need and truly listen and then come back in an answer that is just straightforward and cannot be taken in any other context. What about, okay, next next on the list, communication dues. What about respecting the privacy of the kids. Is that important for you guys? Is it important that your parents respect your privacy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it difficult? Like, why might it be difficult for parents to do this? Or do you, are you like, you guys really shouldn't be difficult? I'm an open book. Yeah. So for me, I, I definitely don't have to worry about that. But all I, my mom calls me the second mother to my brother and I'll like unlock his phone and be like, what are you up to today? Oh my God. (laughs) He doesn't know. but Uh, He knows now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So Cara, as a parent, you're like on the, no, I don't respect your privacy side. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I love him so much that I just, I know he's a good kid, but at the same time, like, like oh what if the other people around like what are they up to and then you're just I don't know it's kind of a slippery slope because then it's like got to check up on their Instagram got to check up on what they're doing on Twitter okay but what about your brother like now that he knows you unlock his phone does that decrease his trust in you like does he start trying to hide his phone from you trying to hide things from you honestly I think even though he says like what are you doing I think he like deep down, if for all kids probably, they really like that someone's actually like, hey, what are you up to today? So what about you, Paige? You don't like, I don't care. I don't have, I don't need any um, privacy. Personally, I hate when people like invade my privacy. Like I have a passcode on my phone that's been my passcode since I got it because I hadn't told anyone. What is it? Um, <laughs> yeah, like... I have nothing to hide. It's just I hate when people invade my privacy. Like, I had to tell my sister something, like, my passcode because, like, 
I don't know, something like I was doing something and she's like, I need to get on your phone to like call my mom or something or like call our mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like important. And so I had to tell her and like, I hated it. Like I know her passcode because like I'm her DJ when she's driving. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she's like, that's not fair. You know mine, but I don't know yours. So I guess it isn't fair, but I, I still hate it. What about you, Megan or Mia? Yeah, I guess I don't really mind because I feel like I'm the same person around my parents as I am with, like, other people. Mm-hmm. So, what do you, do you have anything to say, Mia? Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. The same around your parents as you are around other people. Yeah. But some kids aren't, probably many kids aren't. You guys are so blessed that you have these awesome open relationships with your parents. But I think there's some kids who, I don't know, true or false, tell me what you think about this. If if a parent recognizes that sometime their sometimes their kids wants to make private phone calls or send texts that their parents aren't reading or close their door to their bedroom or what like th- if parents respect a certain degree of that, are kids more willing to share some of their inner world with their parents if they feel that their privacy is respected? Yeah, of course, because I think then they have that mutual trust both ways, saying that they know, okay, they're able to trust me and I can do my own thing. But then when I need the help from my parents, that means they should know that this is something serious and I like do want to talk. Okay, let's move on to um, giving them increasing autonomy, right? So as we get older, as our kids get older, they re- start to require more independence from their parents. So when did that happen for you guys? Do you remember? Like, or have you always been super independent kids? Was there a point that you remember wanting to your parents to be a little bit less involved, I guess? Well, my parents always say I've been the most independent of their two children because apparently when I was little, I would climb on the pantry shelves to get the cereal on the top shelf. So, Whereas your sister would be like, Mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I got um, a cell phone first. Be- like, my sister obviously got a cell phone first because she's older. But, like, I got it at a younger age just because my mom went back to work and, like, it was just like a flip phone. It wasn't like I was, I had an iPhone. Um, but like we stayed home alone. Like I was in like fourth or fifth grade and I'd come home um, from the bus and like have to let myself in and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like it was pretty okay. And like I'd have to call my mom or my mom would text me. Right. And say like, did you get in okay? And I'd say, yeah. Um, but there was this incident it was like it's this year um my sister came home she's 17 and she has her own car and she came home i forget where we were but like everyone else was out like the house was empty and there are these like uh two pretty sketchy looking guys on our porch oh my and gosh. they were like looking in our house and so um my sister like called my dad he was in i think vegas like for a business trip and um he said, I'm calling the police. They're going to come get you or, like, come look around. Because when she pulled up, they, like, looked at her and, like, drove away. Um, So, yeah, since that, like, everything was fine, she went to, like, her fr- our family friend house. And um, 
but yeah, everything was fine. Not, we didn't get okay. So this yeah. is a perfect example yeah. about why parents have a hard time yeah. giving their kids independence because yeah. <laughs> kids are so vulnerable. Even when yeah. you guys think you're not vulnerable, mm-hmm. parents know how vulnerable you are, and yeah. that's I think sometimes the tension between parents and kids. The kids are like, "You're be- you're overreacting. You're hovering. You're being too." And then you come home and there are two sketchy guys on your front porch, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, they got one of those like ring doorbells that like when someone oh, like yeah. it's motion activated so like you can see who's at the door. And so like it's pretty much fixed now. And like uh. we, we have a security system and everything. <laughs> that is fixed. But there are a million yeah. other ways that our kids are vulnerable. Um, do you um, is it? Is it possible? So do your parents give you guys the independence you need, but they're still actively parenting you? You know, like they've, your parents seem to have found the balance between, okay, here's how much independence my kid can handle, but here's how I can still remind them that I'm the parent, I'm in charge. The one example that comes to mind is like having a curfew. My curfew isn't exactly set to 11.59 p.m., it's based on pretty much what I'm doing, where am I, I'm at someone's house. But then at the same time, my parents like have their door open at night. And then when I come home, I have to shut it. So then that's how they know I'm home. So it's not like they're waiting for me at the front door. Like, did you make it? But they still have that like equal trust of we know she'll come home. And if not, then we go from there. Why do they trust you, Kara? I'm perfect. (laughs) (laughs) But probably also you've never given them any reason not to trust you, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Are you sure about that? Yes. Okay. Because I would love to hear a story about how you guys worked through (laughs) that. Because that's another problem that I'm sure you know. I'm sure you have lots of friends who kind of deal with the same thing with their parents. Once a kid breaks your trust, how do you go about regaining or resetting that trust with your kid do you do you guys have friends who have um been in that situation with their parents yeah how's it handled um well this person was like out um partying okay and so um like they were just at their friend's house and like they you know cracked open some beers (laughs) and so but it was like a trusted friend like they were home by curfew but it was it was i think it was a sleepover though um and she felt so guilty about it that like later she told her parents about it and so obviously that takes a certain amount of like trust like i feel bad like so i'm going to tell my parents but then your parents have to trust you that you won't do it again so like they put um limits on like what she can and can't do like can she go out with this person or like she has to be home by this time see that's a unique situation because if my kid came to me and said oh my gosh I did this thing that I feel so guilty about I don't think I'd be too worried that they were going to do it again (laughs) it's the kids who like get busted doing things that they had no intention ever of telling their parents that then parents and kids have to sort of reset their whole um communication pattern you know everything that they've established it's (laughs) um what about here's a tricky one for parents accepting all the all their feelings 
Like, so if your kid feels, sometimes your kid will come to you and tell you that they don't believe something that you raised them to believe, right? Or they, you know, their political opinions or their social opinions or whatever are different from what you instilled in them. And then it becomes like, it can become difficult for kids to talk to their parents about things when they fundamentally disagree about things. So what, um, I don't know, how do parents over, overcome that? Or how do parents face that challenge? This is hard for you guys because you're not parents. Well, um, I know my dad and I have pretty different political opinions and he's very into politics and like, Okay, um, but before you talk anymore, don't tell us what anybody's yeah, political yeah, opinions I, I are. Know. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> but he, like, went to his party's, like, convention was in, like, the spin room and everything, and, like, all behind the scenes. And um, he was, like, very into it, and he has very strong political opinions. And I have some deferring ones. And um, So do you guys <clears throat> still have respectful conversation then? Yeah, most of the time. Other times, like... <clears throat> um. Like, sometimes I make jokes about things, and then he's like, well, that's not very nice. I'm like, well, I still, like, if anything, I feel like he should be proud that I'm making my own opinions rather than, like, um, just accepting what I'm hearing and actually like, going out and getting informed. So, like, we have pretty respectful conversations, and my mom um, is a different party than my dad, and she, like... She's not very political, but she also agrees with me. But she's just she doesn't like she doesn't have that many strong opinions. But so my dad has kind of learned to like chill about it. <laughs> That's a good example because that happens a lot in families, I think. And as parents, at the bottom line is we love our kids, you know. And the bottom line is we. That's a good point, Paige. We do want our kids to inform themselves and but then sometimes our kids are not informing themselves like appropriately or going to the wrong sources or going yeah that's a that's a juggling act um here's a good one for parents apologize when we are wrong (laughs) are your parents able to do that (laughs) your parents are never wrong right (laughs) yes they're never wrong cara no i thought they would want to hear that. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. And likewise for you guys, for teenagers, apologize when you're wrong. Have you ever had to do that? Oh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? I always apologize. Is it easy to do? Yes. No. Yes. I don't know. Sometimes it's easy. Other times I'm like, oh, I'm right. But I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to communication don'ts. Actually, You guys tell me some communication don'ts. I'm not going to give my list. You tell me your list. What are things parents should not do or should avoid when communicating with their kids? Making blatant negative facial expressions. (laughs) Just like if you tell them something and they're like, what? (laughs) Like, obviously, you can have emotions. It's just don't be so like, like, listen to the whole story. Okay. And then can you have blatant negative facial yeah. reaction? Okay, yeah. <laughs> once you hear the whole story. <laughs> what about um, lecturing? How well does that go over with you guys when your parents lecture? Mm. Goes in one ear, out the other. <laughs> does, it, does it? Like, do you get to a point where your parents are just like, your mouth is moving, but I'm not listening to you? I think for some people, 
well, I know it's happened to me. When someone says, come over here now, and they use the middle name, you're like, oh, no. <laughs> but then it's like, because it just started off on such, like, a wrong, the wrong foot, that I'm, like, just prone to, like, oh, I'll just tune it out for now. But if you come to me with more of a, hey, let's sit down, let's just talk, then I'm willing to listen. And I think that's definitely how you can go about getting, if you want to ask a question and you know it's something that isn't the easiest just to like straight up and say to your kid, I think that then they will be able to open up when you sit down and treat them more of the same level, like friend to friend instead of kid to parent. Sometimes we just react, you know, like with negative facial expression or with like, what are you, you know, and and like, it's just human reaction. And we can't always like take that moment to breathe and be calm. Like it's middle name reaction. (laughs) So how do you like, do you allow your parents to have those reactions? Do you respect that sometimes that's just how it goes? Yeah. But then I just kind of, like, like Kara said, it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. And you're like, oh, goodness, they're on this track again. (laughs) And you just, you know where it's going. And then you're just like, you've come to accept it. And so you're like, okay, I've heard this before. I don't need to hear it again. Yeah. What about, this is an obvious one. This is a no brainer, but I feel like I should say it. Don't reveal to others the confidences your child has shared with you. (laughs) Right. There's nothing that's going to shut down your communication with your parents faster than knowing that they're. But are there any exceptions to that? I think if a parent comes to like, let's say my mom and says, oh, this is going on with my kid. I I think it would be good to use like my family as an example to others. So I think that's the caveat to it. If it's going to be helping another parent, um, reach the same end goal that like my family has already done. Mm -hmm. Or if you tell something to your mom and she feels like she needs to pull your dad into the conversation. No, you guys are shaking your heads. No. I mean, if you wanted your dad to know, you would have both of your parents there. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I cannot wait till you guys are parents. (laughs) Like it's such a different perspective. (laughs) Okay, we just have a few minutes left. So, I, like, all this is great. All this is great in theory. Communication do's and communication don'ts, right? Parents do this with your kid. Parents don't do that. But the the bottom line is every kid is different, and every parent is different, and every family is going to have different things that work for them, right? So uh, I f- totally forget where we were going with this. I set it all well, up. I was just going to say that. Um, that was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Megan. Like, if you're having, like, trouble communicating with your child, just, like, be there waiting patiently, like, ready to listen when they want to, like, communicate with you. Because, like, I feel like it's important to just open up and just, like, let them get comfortable. And if they don't show any signs of doing that, Megan, Mm -hmm. like what do you have any advice for parents about how to how to help them get more comfortable? Like, I mean, just like strengthening your bond with your child, you know, like 
having other things to relate to and then like being able to converse on a day-to-day basis of just like what you're going through every day because like it's important to know what your child is going through and just um always being there for them so right maybe finding the things that Mm -hmm. you do have in common that don't drive your kid nuts (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) and building on those Mm -hmm. what else what other advice for parents who just like okay i would i'm happy to sit here and wait for my kid but i don't think they're ever gonna open up to me um i would say for the pace um if they're showing like no signs of uh opening up anytime soon that um you should like slowly and gradually kind of like nudge at them but not make them feel like pressured and like um i don't know overwhelming just kind of like edge at it every once in a while and then hopefully it will make them feel um better each time and then finally open up yeah definitely just like tip your uh dip your toe in the water don't like just jump right in like and I know you want to get to the point but don't just straight out ask one day like how are you feeling like are you depressed or like (laughs) how are you feeling about this person too much yeah yeah okay never just ask that just like because then if like they are completely like not depressed or something like this is just an extreme example but um if like they aren't they're like they kind of get confused like why would you think that what am i doing wrong Uh, oh it makes them say less yeah ultimately and it's just like yeah whoa um (laughs) the italians say that food is community so if your kid is just not like around make them a nice meal (laughs) sit down and then they're gonna their bellies are gonna be full and then I'm sure something's going to be practical advice right it there. Is. Feed your children. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> well, I just want to thank you all for coming uh, on the show today and sharing your the key to your awesome relationships with your parents. I want to congratulate your parents, who I'm sure are listening, on raising such awesome, fine young women. And I want to thank you all for um, all of our listeners for joining us today. This is Raising Saints on AM820, St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Katie Wyatt, and until next time, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Bye now. Raising Saints is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Raising Saints with Katie Wyatt are available at stgabrielradio.com. This-